you could never possibly know who will be impacted by your courage and, and your choice to do something a little bit differently. You never know who's watching, who could be inspired, the trajectory of what's possible when we honor those sacred yeses in our life. Hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. Okay, so you guys know when you meet somebody and you just feel this instant soul connection, it's almost as if you speak the same language, you've known each other forever, you just get each other. This was exactly how I felt the minute I got on the phone with today's podcast guest, Amber Liliestrom. She is so wonderful and kind, and this is such a vulnerable and open and honest conversation with honestly so many insanely good mic drop moments that you are going to want to have a piece of paper and a pen handy while you listen to this one because it is so freaking good. Amber is a transformational branding strategist and business performance coach, writer, speaker, and the host of the Amber Liliestrom Show podcast. She helps entrepreneurs turn their passions into heart-centered brands and thriving businesses. And her mission is really to empower women to position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders through social media, engagement marketing, and the creation of an online brand presence. I am such a firm believer that we can really take our greatest challenges and spin them for good and be of service to others. And our struggles, and our trauma and the difficulties that we've had in this life really allow us to have a deeper understanding of ourselves and of others and of the human experience in general. And so on today's episode, we talk about how Amber has done exactly that, how she's overcome trauma to be of service, not only to herself, but to others and to really make a great impact. We talk about the near-death experience that woke her up and changed her life. We talk about just why it is so important to say yes to yourself and give yourself permission to live the life that you want to live. We talk about showing ourselves more grace and compassion, shifting into worthiness, grounding into trust, self-love, Amber's word of the year, and so much more good stuff. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about today's sponsor, Studio. Studio wants to revolutionize the way that we see headphones, not just as a tech device, but also as an accessory. And I've shared with you guys that I have been using my Studio headphones, the Regent in white on my walks, and I am loving them. From the sound quality and clarity, Bluetooth compatibility, and sleek design, these headphones have officially become part of my daily routine, and I am so excited to bring them on the plane with me next week when I head off to DC for my sister's graduation. And I would love for you guys to check out Studio and their products. You can click on the link that's included in the show notes for today's episode. Plus, if you enter the discount code SEEKTHEJOY, all one word in caps, you will receive 15% off any purchase. And as always, you can learn more about today's episode and check out Studio's headphones by visiting the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there. Okay, before we go, you guys know I have to share the iTunes review of the week. And this week's review comes from Mermazed, and it says, Amazing podcast alert. I absolutely adore this podcast and the host. Sydney and her guests are inspiring, insightful, and very relatable. I look forward to learning and growing with every new episode. Perfect for anyone trying to fight the dark and find the light. Oh, Mermazed, thank you so much for this kind review and for taking a couple of minutes to rate and review Seek the Joy podcast on Apple iTunes. If you feel so inspired to leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful. Just take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. And as a way to say thank you, I will send you my brand new guide for infusing more joy into your life, which is totally based on these conversations. And I a couple of limited edition Seek the Joy podcast stickers. All right, guys, that's it. I am so inspired by today's conversation. It is a total soul connection, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Amber. 
Amber. Welcome to Seek the Joy podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you and I'm so inspired by your journey and the direction that you've really taken your life and your career. And so I'd love for you to introduce yourself and maybe even share how you got started. Thank you so much, sister. I'm so excited to be here. And you know, that question of how I've gotten started, I mean, it's really like being born, you know, I think like being here, being human, uh, learning as we go and having that journey unfold in the divine and, um, brutal way as Glennon, uh, Melton says, um, that it does and learning as we go. And for me, um, I was a division one athlete. Um, I knew when I was nine years old that I was going to need to get a scholarship if I wanted to go to college. I really didn't want it to be their burden. I didn't want to create more stress in their lives. And so I just made this decision that I was going to I was going to do that. I was going to get a scholarship and something. I was going to figure out what it was going to be and it ended up being soccer, which was ultimately my first love. And I did. And I went to college. And after college, I I got the job as a marketing coordinator for the athletic department. And it was very like serendipitous, but also it was part of the journey unfolding. I had been, I was actually an English major, so I didn't really know that much about marketing and advertising or any of those things, but I knew a lot about human behavior and psychology. I knew how to write well. I knew how to build great relationships. And I've always been someone who's very curious about, you know, what makes people do what they do, what makes people tick. And so, um, when I interviewed, I was, I got the job and I grew in that job for 10 years. And over the course of those 10 years, I got married. I got divorced. I got married to my husband. Now my best friend, um, I became a mom. I almost died during my daughter's birth. I launched, I left my corporate career. I launched a business and have now built that to multiple six figure business where I work from home full time and my daughter's four and retired my husband last year to be part of all of it. And obviously there's so much more along the way, but that's kind of giving you the snapshot of um, just the trajectory and the work that I do in the world is really around helping people come home to who they really are to create lives, careers, businesses uh, that allow them to do their deep work and to really be of, of great service, to make a really big impact while they're here in a meaningful way. And of course, to also make an income that supports that growth and that trajectory of where they really want to go on their life path. Yeah. And your life path and your story is honestly nothing less than inspiring. And there's so much good stuff to unpack here. And I found that there's usually a moment or a catalyst in our lives that really pushes us in the direction that we're supposed to go in. And so do you feel like there was a catalyst and it might be that moment that you just touched on where you almost died, which we have to talk about by the way, but do you feel like there Mm. was a moment where you woke up to who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Um, it was definitely the near death experience. And so to, to frame it for you, I was working really 40 to 60 hours a week. Um, you know, the 40 was on the very minimum side. I was, uh, in my pregnancy, I actually ended up going on modified bed rest at one point because I was just, I was just going so hard and I started to go into early labor. And so my doctor was like, you need to stay home. And and that felt like being in a jail cell for me because I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to not be in the green means go mode. I was always doing, and I was doing because that was how I knew how to receive love and acknowledgement and appreciation because I did not, I did not love myself. I did not know how to give myself, um, my own, my own grace, you know, and my own, my own compassion. And, uh, I just knew how to, how to push, you know, and being a division one athlete that, and then working in division one athletics after that, it's all about, you know, like competition and, and moving and, and getting things done and, being recognized and getting the pat on the head so that you get the promotion or you get to start the game or whatever. And so I was just really wrapped up in that achievement system. And so when I was um, pregnant, I mean, I was so disconnected from myself that uh, on the day that I actually went into labor, it was like seven in the morning and I sent an email to my boss. Now mind you, it's the day before my due date and I'm sending an email saying, I'm feeling a little crampy. I think I'll be in by noon. Oh no. Literally. And I'm, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, man, I, it, these cramps are like the worst I've ever felt in my entire life, of course. Yeah. And I am text messaging my sister-in-law who is an ER nurse. And I'm asking her, I'm telling her this exact story saying, I'm feeling really crampy. 
I mean, I don't know this, like, this is weird. You think I should call my doctor? I don't really know what's going on. And so she said, well, how, how far apart are these? And she used air quotes to like, how far apart are these cramps? Yeah. I said, oh, um, oh, five minutes. Oh, and I just like it all kind of clicked in. Oh, I'm in labor. She said, yes, you are in labor. So call your doctor. And I got on the phone with the doctor and the doctor was like, you are not in in a space to be able to come to the clinic. Please just go straight to the hospital. Yeah. And so she said, do you have somebody that can drive you? And I looked out the window. My husband wasn't home. He was at work. I looked out the window and none of my like friend neighbors were home, just like the weird ones. And so (laughs) I said, no, I said, I, I said to her, I lied. I said, yep, yep. I got it. My neighbor will drive me. But the truth is, is that there was no neighbor at home. And I was like, I got this. I can do this. So I finished packing my suitcase, which, hello, why was my suitcase not packed? I pack my little suitcase up. I'm like in so much pain, get into the car, back out in between contractions, drive myself to the hospital, call my mom on the way there. She was literally like freaking out. Um, I got there and it was very painful trying to sign in, but I was like in full fledged labor. Right. And so, and I remember saying to my husband, I called him from the car and said, please call my boss and tell her I'm not coming in because I'm having a baby. (laughs) And I was so worried about like my work and my, and like doing it right and showing up and like getting, getting, you know, the approvals and like doing, doing a good job for other people. I was just so disconnected from what was real for me. And the reality is this, is that I actually had known from a very, very young age what it was I wanted to do in my life. I knew that I wanted to do the work I'm doing now in the, not necessarily like specificity of branding business coach, like transformational, but I knew I wanted to speak. I knew I wanted to write books. I knew I wanted to share my story and my message. Uh, Just a super quick snapshot. I survived sexual abuse as a really young age. I was three, four years old and um, was in the court systems and Really, I mean, I, I one of my talks, I say my, my first speaking gig happened when I was five years old. It was wow. at the Boston Municipal Courthouse. Wow. And that is really where it started for me in terms of having clarity and having a deeper level of consciousness and awareness and also acknowledging and feeling a deep connection to spirit and, and knowing that this didn't happen to me for no reason, that that I was, I got through this, I moved through this, I learned so much in this process so that I could share it with other people and help them learn how to be courageous and learn how to trust themselves and all that. And somewhere along the way that that message wasn't still in me because short of being a mom, writing books and doing that work is my, was my second dream, my mm-hmm. lifelong dream, but I wasn't doing it. You know, I was like in this, in this framework of this job. And I was really achieving high levels in the job. I was really maximizing my opportunity, but I wasn't even giving myself permission to think about what, what I wanted to do differently because I was so afraid. I didn't know how to like step away from the machine. Mm. And so here I am on the day of my daughter's birth, I'm, I pushed for like four hours and now we're not progressing. And so we go into the operating room for emergency C-section, uh, within moments of being laid down on the table after the spinal tap was administered, my, um, breathing started getting more and more shallow and, there was a bag valve mask over my face and I was starting to realize that I couldn't, I feel like I was breathing through a straw mm-hmm. and I, I, I was, I couldn't breathe. It was just getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter until the point that I actually was unconscious. I wasn't connected to what was happening in the room anymore. And I went through this little journey within, within myself, inside of myself, um, that is hard to put into words, but really what I experienced in that space was this crystal clear clarity around what I wanted to be doing with my life and what I flat out wasn't doing. And it was just like, it it was a really devastating feeling because now there was nothing I could do about it. I was laying strapped down to an operating room table and it was now the truth was, I was being faced with the truth. But on the other side of that, after I like went through that, that sensation of that sort of like devastation, that desperation, things started to lift. And I started to feel, um, this sensation of just like deep gratitude and love and appreciation wash over me. I saw visions of my husband and of my parents and I just felt so loved. I felt loved by them. I felt like the love I gave to them was like a gift to their life. I felt this like intense sensation of surrender. And honestly, this feeling like, okay, you know, if this is, I I wasn't gripping anymore. So if this is it, then this is it. And I, and I fully received that and surrender into it. And it was like, a switch being flipped in the moment of my full and total surrender, my just detachment from all of the stories and all of the needs to do and be and all that. It's like I opened my eyes and I could breathe again. And I was back in the room within seconds. And I heard the anesthesiologist yell to the surgeon and she, he said, go, 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 go. 
and she started the procedure and our daughter was born. And from that moment forward, it was like, I just had new information. It was like, I heard Abraham Hicks say this recently about a near-death experience. And it really felt, it really resonated for me. She said a a near-death experience is a quantum, quantum leap in consciousness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eight months after that, it took some time. I had obviously three and a half months off from maternity leave, which is the first time in my life that I'd ever stopped that I actually like wasn't having to answer the emails, wasn't having to go to the office, wasn't having to step on the field and perform. I took a break and I recalibrated. And when I went back to work, I felt like an alien. I just felt like, oh, oh, okay. This isn't what I thought it was now. Like I'm, I'm a different person. I am completely changed. I'm a mom now for one. And I don't want to do this anymore in this way. And I've got to figure this out. I have got to figure this out. Yeah. Wow. I'm just speechless. I I also just have to say that here in Los Angeles, we just had a 5.0 magnitude earthquake while you were sharing all of that. And I was sitting here like, do I say something? (laughs) Do I not? Talk about about quantum leaps in consciousness. Right? Like talk about real shifts and changes happening mid-conversation. I just, I had to share that with you. But but in any case, this story about how you really woke up and you had that deep knowing and peace that washed over you. It's amazing how we can really take those moments of pain and struggle, moments that maybe would allow us to sort of get stuck in that victim mode, but instead we really transform it and shift our perspective and use those experiences to propel us into making an impact on our own lives, but then also in the lives of others. So it's amazing to hear your story and how you've really shifted and taken this experience and help other women wake up to who they are and and who they want to be. Yeah, yeah, and you know, here's the thing that's so cool about that is that there are so many residual effects that happen when we say yes to ourselves. And when we have the courage to just simply want what we want and say, this, this isn't working for me anymore. And I'm not defined by a job title or a name on the door. And it's time for me to, to do this. And I I don't know how, and that's okay. I'm going to figure it out. Of course, it doesn't always feel like that peaceful when you're in the middle of it, but, (laughs) but the cool part about it is, is like the trajectory of my daughter's life is completely transformed as a result. And the reality is, is this, my mom, um, was working. I mean, back then it was a very different time. You know, my mom actually had her own business and was an entrepreneur. But Hmm. when I went to childcare was when I was sexually molested. And, um, and I know that that obviously, you know, has eaten at my mom for her entire life. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine being a mom, like the the weight of having to live with that and that feeling. And just, it's not her fault, you know, but she ended up selling her business and being home with her kids because obviously, you know, just obviously. And I, I didn't, you know, it's like, I didn't have to go through that. I didn't have to make that choice. You know, I ended up creating this business from scratch to make it so that I could be home raising my daughter. And in the process, it's given me so much time and space to be more present, not just for my little girl, but also for my mom and to have help my mom do her own healing through this process with our relationship and her relationship with her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And so I just think you could never possibly know who will be impacted by your courage and, and your choice to do something a little bit differently. You never know who's watching, who could be inspired, the trajectory of what's possible when we honor those sacred yeses in our life. Oh, yes. And I agree. And we really won't know what's possible until we take that first step and start saying yes to ourselves. And I think so many of us fear that. We yeah. fear showing up and doing the work and having the courage to say yes. And so yeah. when you started making this transition, when you started saying yes to yourself and saying yes to yourself in a really big way, was there an aspect of it that felt like it was a huge obstacle that you had to overcome or did you just feel like I can do this? I got this. Oh no. It it huge obstacle in um money, worthiness. Um do will people even care that I'm doing this work? Like will anyone ever want to work with me? Yeah. All of that. That whole that whole you know and it, I mean I'm not going to call it racket because it's real. It was real for me. And I hadn't done this before. So I think anytime we do something that is like really new for us, it's going to feel super scary. And I didn't have uh, a community or friends at all who were doing 
what I do now, like in creating this kind of a business, I just, I didn't, you know, I had to go find that community. I had to go find those people and, and have that moment of like, do you want to be my friend? Like, can, can you help me? Like that, that whole thing is adults that, um, is hard. And so I think that, uh, my, my experience at the very beginning was one of also like not fully taking it seriously. Like, Oh, this is just like this thing that I'm doing, you know, Mm -hmm. at nap time when my daughter's asleep. And, but, but ultimately like that wasn't true because to me it was so important, but I didn't really honor it as, as such. I have to say, if I'm being completely honest until like last year. And I think, again, this is more about that. And I've been in business for four years now. That is, that is us like matching up and meeting up with, with the vision of ourselves that we, we really want to step into and um, I think that that's probably the biggest battle that most people fight and the reason why they're, they're living a life of unhappiness and why they're just like staying mm-hmm. in the track is because they don't think they're worthy of more and they don't even know where to begin. Yeah, that shift into worthiness is a really difficult one, but so important to do and so important to talk about. And we, especially as women, have this tendency to minimize who we are and what we're doing and the kind of impact that we want to have through the work that we're doing. And so what you just said about how you used to think about your work as something that you do while your daughter was napping, I think that's a really great example of that. And so Mm -hmm. it's amazing to hear how you've really started to make that shift into worthiness for yourself, because I really do believe it's something that most, if not all of us struggle with. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I think I still struggle with it. I think it's still a thing, you know, that I work on, um, every single day in some, some way. And so, um, I would say for those just, it's a lifelong journey. And frankly, we, we don't live in a society in a world that really celebrates us valuing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's why, you know, what we were just talking about before we hit record movies, like the greatest showman and so many of these like self-love movements that are out there right now are, are hitting because it's just, it's touching, it's striking a chord with people and it's what we just need more of. And, and frankly, you know, as I raise my daughter, you know, she, uh, it, she doesn't doubt herself yet. Like mm-hmm. she, she still appreciates herself. She still loves herself. And so to be able to witness that and to also be like protective of that in the most like tender and loving way is such a gift. It's such a gift both for her and for you. And I love this because I think as a kid, it can go one of two ways, right? You can either have that level of self-love and self-worth and be excited about who you are and, or you can feel that you're not worthy and, and not feel that self-love and be nervous or worried or anxious about who you are and, and who you are in the world. And even, you know, just start comparing yourself from such a young age. And so to be able to foster that self-assurance and love and, and knowing for her that you're already so worthy um at such an early age i think it's going to be such yeah. a game changer for her i'm so excited just to see how this goes for her i mean i had an eating disorder for like 15 years um i mean my earliest memory is literally of of being sexually abused in, in my life and so um you know and and i'm i'm good it just it's like when i think back to my childhood i had so many amazing memories that my parents worked so hard to help foster and create but i also had this simultaneous experience of witnessing their pain mm-hmm. and wanting to fix it and feeling like it was my fault. Yeah. And I think most abuse victims feel that way. It's that like, it's somehow it was their fault. And I was so young, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have like the, 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 the brain development at that point, even to like really process some of these emotions, but I had a very deep understanding and I felt like I had to at a super young age. And so it's been fascinating for me to witness my daughter growing up and having her just not having to even think about or cope with any of the things that I did because her life is just so different. And, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm also, um, I'm hyper, hyper, hyper aware because I was such, just like you, right. I was so Mm -hmm. clear on what I felt as a child and how those emotions, um, are play out in my adult life. I mean, this is what I do for my work is I bring my clients back, you know, like we go back because we have to tap into, these, these, these stories, like these childhood stories, because they're still playing out in so many adults lives. So I am seeing it from so many different lenses and vantage points as my daughter's mother, but also as like this coach and also as, as a survivor myself. And I think the thing that's most precious to me is just really honoring that 
innocence and that light that lives in her, that lives in all children, that lives in all of us, but the children still know that the light is there and they still live in it every day. And hers is so bright. And I'm just like, I'm protecting it, you know, and I'm, I'm really honoring it in the, the most sacred way that I possibly can. Yeah. And that is so special, the dynamic and the bond with your daughter and the life that you're creating for her and what you see in her. And I love how you touched on the storylines that we have for ourselves that often really start when we're kids and just how really so much of it is about facing the trauma and working through it and facing it head on really in order to be able to shift the storyline that we now have for ourselves as adults, because Mm -hmm. that self-love, self-compassion, self-worth, it all really stems from those childhood memories and stories. And so did you really start to do this work for yourself when you stepped into being an entrepreneur and helping your clients do this work? Or was it something that you were already doing on your own beforehand? You know, um, it really amplified, uh, after, after the near death experience, I, um, I dove in and even before that a bit, I was actually did like competitive fitness for a few years Mm. and, um, and actually worked through that eating disorder and did therapy. And I, so there's a lot of, um, internal dialogue that I committed to and like reading and just personal development work and going to events and things like that. It's been on obviously like the rocket ship mode since I've been in this work. Cause it's like all I do every day. I'm so, I'm just like obsessed with this work. Like I, I love, I love helping people unpack things in this really big way. But what I will say is that because I went through this experience at such a young age, I had to have vocabulary and comprehension at a level that was more advanced than most of my peers. I, I was in yeah. therapy real, really young, you know, like really, really young and talking about feelings and talking about emotions and where they came from and unpacking them at age four and five. So, and the other thing too, that my mom really instilled in me that I will forever be so grateful for was she talked to me about compassion and she talked to me and she taught me about empathy and she taught me about how hurt people hurt people. And so I had, I forgave my abuser at a really young age, because I understood the power of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I also understood that something had to be really wrong for him in his life to do something like that to me. And I, my mom and dad worked really hard to help me, you know, heal and to move through it and to be okay. And so they plugged me into sports and I was a gymnast for, and like, I built so much confidence through athletics and like trusting my body. So it was like, makes me really emotional to talk about it. It's like, the opposite, you know, of like being disempowered and then, then empowering myself with my body. And, and I I just like, I'm clicking into this right now while I'm talking to you. And it's, that was, that was huge for my healing. And, you know, being a soccer player, especially, I just fell in love with the game. And so it became, that became therapy for me too, where I got to go be on a team and be with these other women, but also like really take responsibility for my role and how I showed up every day when I went to practice and when I went, when I stepped on the field for our games. Well, okay. First of all, thank you for sharing all of this because I think this is so powerful for so many to hear. And I mean, I can definitely speak from personal experience too. When I say that, I really believe that going through different traumatic life events and experiences really force you to grow up a lot faster than our peers. And it gives you this awareness and an understanding of life that maybe you wouldn't normally have at that particular age. And, And so it's really amazing to hear you share this and to hear just how you've been able to take that understanding and that awareness and then use it to help others. And so I want to touch a little bit on what you were just talking about with empowerment, because I really think it's one of those words and feelings and actions that can really mean something different for everyone. And so has your definition of empowerment and what it means to empower yourself and others, has that stayed constant or or changed over Mm. time? I think that it always has meant for me, um, it's such a good question. I think it's always meant for me standing in my own strength and not being swayed or uh, influenced by the needs or you know requirements of others. However, I didn't I didn't get that <laughs> for yeah. a long time. I knew how to stand in my strength and I knew how like I knew how to be the captain of the soccer team. It's like I knew how to play these roles and these parts. And it was coming from a place of total truth and love and authenticity and 
a lot of the things that I talk about now today about like purpose and like the reason why integrity is so important, the reason why we we show up and why we put our best foot forward and our effort and all that, like it's very similar to that former version of me. But when I think about, you know, I, I mean, I, I had, I was a restrictive eater and over exerciser. I was, um, I, it's like, I, sh- I had to like shut my body off in some ways because there were so many things that I just didn't really understand how to, how to cope with as I was getting older. And it was like these emotions that I couldn't quite explain. And there was some, there was still a lot of shame. I think that I felt deep down about the abuse and also just what it did to my family and, you know, the impact that that had on, um, on my parents, like they, my mom's family basically disowned us and said that I was, that I was lying. Mm. And, um, and so I, I connected the dots at a super young age that my mom lost her family. And so then anytime my mom was feeling sad or down or anything, I always felt like it was my fault. So I was taking a lot of responsibility for things that weren't mine to take responsibility for, but I didn't tell anybody that it was just like something I kind of packed away within myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think especially as kids, we have this tendency to take on the emotions of our parents in general, yeah. and we want to take care of them. And I think too, we really internalize that shame and that disappointment. And then within that, it's hard to foster compassion and kindness for ourselves. Yeah. It's like, I didn't learn how to do that. I did not, yeah. did not learn self-love. And frankly, I don't, I don't think that's something that, that a, a lot of our parents actually even feel if I'm being completely honest, it's like they grew up in a time where, I mean, that just wasn't self-love. Totally. What are you talking about? You know, like get to work. I mean, that was really the, that was really the culture of these baby boomers and the parents that raised them who came over here on boats and all that. So I feel like this is sort of a new frontier in the work that we're doing in the world and helping people, um, start to adopt in a more mainstream way. And it's not without a lot of, you know, resistance and waves and things that kind of come with it because the antithesis of that was really how much of our society has operated for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And this is so interesting that you bring this up because when people ask me about my story and my journey and the inspiration behind this podcast, I always talk about how growing up, I didn't have self-love or compassion for myself and that Mm -hmm. I didn't really grow up in an environment or or a family that talked about self-love. And this is no fault of their own, just like you were saying, but instead it was go to school, get good grades, go to work, do a good job. And then the idea idea that life would sort of fall into place. And, mm-hmm. but within that you're really hard on yourself and you base your yes, self-worth yeah. on external achievements. And it's just like you're saying, it's really this new frontier of understanding. And so that's what yeah. I love so much about what you're doing, because you're really opening up the space to have these important conversations about self-love and doing that deep inner work to foster that compassion and understanding for who you are and why you are the way you are. And so I just resonate so deeply with, Mm. with everything that you've been saying. Thank you. And I'm so glad it resonates. And you know, the word that comes up for me, I think could be really helpful in this conversation for us to sort of just internalize and just really meditate on is embodiment, Mm -hmm. just really embodying the sensation of love that you want to give. And and I, I find honestly that this process has been easiest for me in becoming a mom because I have gotten to witness like a, a blank canvas uh, coming into the world and this amazing child whom I love endlessly. Mm-hmm. And she like, didn't really do anything to achieve that. And also on the flip side of the coin, I didn't do anything to achieve her love. I'm just me. She doesn't know what titles I've held or how much money I've made or how many followers I have or how much it says <laughs> on the scale. She doesn't know any of those things. She just loves me. And I feel the same way about her. And so I had this realization that my goodness, if, if this can be true, if she, if I can love her so unconditionally and she just got here, she can't even walk yet. Then why, why am I not worthy of that same level of love? What a gift. Oh, this is so powerful. And I just love what you said that you didn't achieve anything to have that love or to give that love or to receive that love. And this is such an important message because we don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything to be loved or give love or receive it. You're here 
and that's enough. And you're already so yeah. worthy of everything that you can imagine for yourself. Right. You don't have to do anything special to achieve that. And and so I just love that this realization came to you with your daughter and, and seeing that blank canvas and how the colors are starting to unfold for her. And, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So through doing this deep inner work for yourself, has your self-compassion grown over time or do you still find, and I think it's human nature to do this, but do you still find yourself falling back into old patterns? And then when you do, when you do fall into those patterns, are there things that you do to help yourself come out of that? Mm, it's, um, yeah, the, it, there's been such a transformation for me, uh, in terms of how I treat myself, but I think that the little, um, keyhole or the place where there's still room for growth is when you're your own boss and you're building your own business and you're someone who's just pretty good at plugging in and doing, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. I can, for so many years of my life, I basically, uh, overrode my body's cues and needs and focused on what my emotional needs were, which was like, get approval, get achievement. And so it's awesome because I know that about myself and I see myself when I'm doing it now and I can literally just go, okay, the most compassionate thing I can do for myself right now is step away from the machine and go Mm -hmm. outside and go for a walk. You know, we, we live on a lake, uh, that was an intentional choice and a, and a gift and Mm -hmm. like a lifelong thing. And I go out in the kayak and I will just sit in the middle of the lake by myself with the bird, the loon will be out there. And I just, I'm just out there, you know, and I give myself permission. I built this into my schedule. This is a place though, where if we're going to use the word self-care, I I like to think of it as like soul care. Mm -hmm. I, I need, I can do this better, but it's also a process. And, um, I have amazing people in my life who are, um, witnesses to this, (laughs) my husband being one where Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll be like, did you eat lunch today? What can I make for you? You know? And, um, and so I have people in my life that are these angels who are like, take some time off sister, step away. And so until it's becoming mine, you know, and that's, that's the work. It's like, this is a place where I still need to grow my, my own self-care, my own self-love, but it's a daily process. And I'm, um, and it's markedly different than it ever was before. Oh, yes. I love this. And I love how you've really structured this very purposefully within your routine and, and making sure that you do take that time to step away from the computer, because mm-hmm. there is this huge misconception out there that you just need to keep pushing and push, 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 yes. but you can push yourself until you have a near death experience or push yourself until you get really sick. And sometimes really the kindest thing that you could do is to take that step away, even if it's just for 30 minutes. And so I think so many of us are really starting to wake up to that more so now than ever, just the importance of having more balance and taking care of your health and well-being. Our nervous systems are so overtaxed, you know, it's like, they are just, they are nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They are freaking out. And, and I can feel that in my body now because it's not my normal. And when I feel that vibration come back, anxiety used to be my, my set point. And now it's not. And when I'm in, when I feel that sensation happening, it's usually because there've been too many consecutive days where I've just been cutting corners on my meditation or not getting outside enough. And the winter was hard. I mean, we've had a pretty rough winter here in New England and Um, and I found that happening more frequently because I, it was harder to get outside into the frigid Arctic tundra that is (laughs) where we live. Yeah. But again, when you're tapped into your body and you're tuned into your energy, then your answers are available to you. You just have to give yourself permission and space to get quiet enough to hear it. Yeah. So how do you give yourself that space to get quiet? Do you have a spiritual practice that you rely on or a daily routine? Yeah. So every morning, um, now this is, there's more consistency than there's ever been because of my husband being home now. And he just knows, um, that I have to start my day with space. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I just have to go sit with myself. Um, I do a little meditation. I listen to music and meditate, and then I journal a little bit with whatever's coming through. Um, and sometimes I'll do like a little bit of work after that, if I'm feeling called or inspired, but then I get on with the day with whatever we're doing as a family or whatever I need to do in the office with work calls and such and all of that. And then I always, every day at some point, I basically go for a walk, whether that's pushing my daughter on the stroller and trying to run walk or bringing my dog for a walk. Those are the non-negotiables. And then just the other things that I've really just tweaked over the years. Um, I'm a vegetarian. I don't drink coffee. Um, 
I eat really healthy, you know, and I just, I take care of my body because it's what my body's asked for. And so mm-hmm. I listen to what those cues are and I honor it. And, um, I've never, because I had an eating disorder, because I was living by all of these rules, I can't operate on a rule system. I'm, I have to operate on an intu- intuition system. And so I will ask myself, you know, what does my body need and what will make it feel good right now? And, you know, it used to be when I was in like that high stress, it would be like, I want to eat Ben and Jerry's right now. And now mm-hmm. it's like the Ben and Jerry's could be in the freezer and I won't touch it for a month. And that's, that's revolutionary for somebody like myself who, who struggled with food because it's not even a thing for me anymore because it doesn't make me feel good. And so I'm now choosing the things that make me feel good. Not the things that, that don't, that I'm using to numb and to try to move through the, the, the discomfort of my life. I think developing that intuition based system is something that so many of us are striving for. And it's something that I'm certainly striving for and, and working to create for myself. And I do try to be more mindful, but that's often overpowered by the anxiety and the panic and what sounds good in this moment. And it's usually not the healthy meal or taking that walk or even taking a step back from what it is that I'm doing. And so what has the process been like for Mm. you developing that intuition-based system and really becoming more mindful with the choices that you make with every aspect of your life? Yeah, it's such a tricky process. And I think it really is grounding into trust Mm. and making last year, my word was trust. And I really was ready. You know, I was ready to lean into what that actually meant and, um, to really like honor and celebrate the, the core of the word trust. And when I say trust, I don't mean just trust in myself. Um, I don't mean just trust in other people. I mean, trust in something greater than, than this human experience. I mean, trust in the divine, whatever your definition of that is, God, universe, Mm -hmm. source, energy, inner being, all those things. And really aligning myself with that trust and learning that, I am the faucet. I'm not the water. Mm. And I have access to this divine influence and information and inspiration anytime that I allow myself to open to it. Anytime I want to turn the faucet on, it is always there. And so learning how to trust that looking at my life and looking at a near death experience and not looking at it from a, like a strategic perspective and looking at it as a divine invitation to wake up to what's real in this life experience and what so many of us are just completely oblivious to. And to start getting really curious about that, to start exploring, to start unpacking that experience in a much deeper way than I could when it happened. And that has been what's led me to my intuition because my intuition is influenced by that divine guidance and knowing. And that is what I tap into every single day. And when I don't have the answer to something and I'm like, well, should I do this or shouldn't I do it? I don't force those things anymore. I just know the answer is going to come and it always does. And I think living life that way with open palms, not closed fists, it frees us and it allows us to acknowledge that we are held, that we are supported, just like our next breath is going to come, right? That that the sun is going to come up tomorrow and we didn't have anything to do with that, but it's going to come. But it's going to happen. And so it's about trusting it. Yes. So what is your word for this year? It's, it's radiate. Mm. It's, it's an extension of embody, um, of embodiment, but it's radiate because I was actually saying this to my husband. I said, honey, you know, we've got to, what we've got to really think about is not, um, trying to like influence and serve in this very like laser focused way. And I like, think of the visual of like, you know, like a laser beam, like I'm going to help this person and then this person and then this person. And it's like, man, that is exhausting mm-hmm. to think about it in that way. R- rather think about it from a, a, like, I just have this visual of like the sun, like just radiating out like this energy, this love, yeah. like just li- being the living embodiment and example of what you believe on a core level and then radiating that out into the world. And with every single person you come in contact with, because it just comes from you. It's just like, it's within you. It radiates outward. And so that has been my word. And it's, it's just allowed me, it's like, as I'm saying, it like could move me to tears. It just has helped Mm -hmm. me to relax and just recognize that I do not have to put the chokehold on my life. I do not have to death grip it. I can just dance with it and I can live with it. And I can, as your beautiful podcast is called, you know, seek the joy, but it's like, receive the joy, like be in the joy. Joy Mm -hmm. is the solution. It's not the reward. It's one of my favorite quotes. I love that. Joy is the solution, not the reward. And joy is always available to us in every moment. And frankly, 
we want what we want because we believe it's going to bring us greater joy. I love this. And I love that radiate is your word for this year because you're doing exactly that by sharing your message and your work. And I love that quote that you brought up too. And so touching a little bit on that joy, what are some things that you do in your day-to-day life to make sure that you're really being, feeling, and experiencing that joy? Mm, Well, gratitude, obviously. Um, Wake up, (laughs) you know, be here, be present, be, be where my feet are. Remember to remember what the point is, which is joy. And so I'm the mother of a four-year-old little girl. And I, people ask me all the time, or they'll say to me, oh, four is such a great age. Or they would say two is such a great. And I say, you know, (laughs) every age is a great age. Every day Mm -hmm. with her is a great day. I, I get to, I get to experience her life. You know, I get to experience my life. Like I'm so grateful for this like 36 year old version of me living her life right now as the mother of a four-year-old, like this day will never come again. And I don't want to miss it. I, the whole reason why I left my job at the core of why I wanted to create my own business and create this lifestyle where I'm at home while my husband's like making soup. Cause my father-in-law is coming over for dinner right now. My daughter's watching the greatest show. When I, again, I think, <laughs> and you know, oh, I love it. <laughs> like the reason why I created this life is so that I can be present for it. And for the people that are in it, it's like, isn't that why we chose to be here guys? Yeah is to live in these lives. It's like to live in these homes that we pay these huge mortgage payments on to like be in these physical bodies. That is our chance to be here. Yes. All of that. So that's how I live in my joy is just remembering to remember all of those things constantly. And when I get caught off the tracks, as Abraham Hicks always, you know, if you go off on the rumble strip, if you go over the median down the, down the, you know, the hill (laughs) into the ditch, Mm -hmm. which happens sometimes energetically, emotionally, we get out of alignment. It's like, the way back to alignment is just to to find your joy, to connect into joy again, is to find gratitude for what's here and to appreciate the present moment because that's when the vibration and the energy matches up to lead you to more and more and more of what it is that you desire. Mm, I love this. And this just takes me right back to who you are and what you do, which is to help people really come back home to themselves. So in addition to your amazing energy and wisdom and the life experiences that you have to share, what can someone expect when they Mm. work with you? They can expect to be witnessed Mm. in a way that probably is not um, something they're really used to. They can expect to be invited to show up whole and to really bring all aspects of them into the equation because you're not as powerful if you're compartmentalizing yourself out into all these little bits and pieces. They can expect to be loved and accepted at the moment that they are part of when, you know, I have communities and group programs and that sensation of tribe, that sensation of like being in community with others is at the core of what's really important to me because we all lift each other and, um, we get to serve also as mirrors to reflect back to each other, the brilliance and the magic that is each and every one of us individually. They can also expect for, I mean, the thing, the number one thing that my clients say is, my life is completely changed. My life is completely transformed because Mm. we talk about the things that we're talking about here and about the way they think and the way they show up in their physical bodies, in their work, in their relationships, in their roles as parents. Like we cover everything because it's all connected and related and your business isn't going to grow if you're operating from a place of total scarcity. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to make more money. You're going to have more space, freedom and time. You're going to feel more present with your kids because that's what you want. And that's what we're going to work on. That's what we're going to focus your energy and your attention and your awareness around. I love this element of being witnessed and understood and and being heard. Those are really all feelings that we're all honestly longing for in our lives and our relationships. And so many of us spend so much of our lives not feeling seen or understood or not feeling confident or comfortable enough in our own skin to put ourselves out there. And I've shared this before on this podcast, but growing up, I spent so much of my time hiding, but I would poke my head around from behind the bushes or or the shadows from time to time, just to peek, to make sure it was safe to be seen Mm -hmm. or heard. And it really wasn't until probably like a year ago where I really realized it was okay to be witnessed and to be seen and to allow others to see me. And I love that this is such a core element of who you are and, and, and what you do. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And I'm also just so 
I'm proud of you um, because it's, it's scary. I mean, what you're, I just got this beautiful visual of you like peeking and, and also, you know what, protecting that sacred part of yourself that maybe was misunderstood. And so Mm -hmm. what a wise soul that you are. Well, thank you. That really means a lot to me. It's definitely been a journey as it has been for all of us, but you nailed it on the head. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much of it has been about protecting myself and not feeling understood. And I'm really learning that it's okay to be seen. And just having that knowledge for myself has been so transformative. And so you've done so much incredible life and soul work and you show up so authentically in everything that you do and you've created this life that you love. What would you say is your biggest dream? Mm. My biggest dream is to, you know, to, to put these, to put these feelings and emotions and words into books and to leave, to leave those books as guideposts along the journey for others that they might be able to benefit them in the ways that so many amazing books and authors and people have done for me. And to just like get into that co-creative, I'm going to say privilege, you know, uh, to do that Mm -hmm. with others. um, It just feels super sacred to me. And that the notion that, you know, a hundred years from now, I won't be here, you know, in this physical body and that someone could pick up my book and feel upliftment and feel free Yeah, that makes me so emotional. So that's it. (laughs) I love it. And honestly, it's going to happen because you're spreading so much of that already through your work and your podcast, which we didn't even talk about your fantastic podcast, but the book will happen. And I am so excited. I will be buying that book or books when that happens. And, And so where can everyone find you, learn more, work with you and listen to your podcast and, and get more involved. Oh, thank you for asking. So um, I'm over at amberliliestrom.com and all kinds of magic and goodies over there for you guys and helping you with your business, with your mindset, um, all those things on the blog and um, free trainings and a, a quiz and all kinds of really fun stuff there. Um, I also have the podcast, as you mentioned, which you guys can just connect to that on iTunes or just through my website, the Amber Lilliestrom Show. And I also love Instagram and I hang out there every day and do Insta stories of my little zany life here on the lake and with my family and stuff. So yeah, I would love to connect with anybody who listened to this and anything that resonated and um, you're feeling the feels, please shoot me a DM or an email or whatever. And um, let me know what really landed for you and what you're working on in your world. Perfect. And I will include all of your information um, in the show notes for today's episode. So it'll be so easy for everyone to find you. And thank you so much again for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. I've loved learning more about you and this has just been such a fun and inspiring conversation with honestly so many amazing mic drop moments oh thank you so much for the opportunity this was a gift and i got a lot of my own stuff unpacked in it so thank you (laughs) 